Well, the Phillies had to go into Detroit and win both games against a lowly Tigers team, and it may not have been pretty, but the Phillies did just that. They go into Detroit and they take both games of the two-game series, a necessary two-game series win when you're playing against the worst team in baseball for all intents and purposes right there along with the Orioles. This Phillies team desperately needed to go into Detroit and take two or three, and they did. And that's all you can ask for. It wasn't pretty. Obviously, it took 15 innings in game one, and ultimately it only scores seven runs total. Not pretty, but again, the Phillies get the job done, improve to 54 and 48 on the season. A big win, and they needed it. And uh, it was nice to see the Phillies get the job done. Shout out to Vincent Velasquez. We'll dive into the game. Vinny's best performance of the season and ultimately uh the Phillies able to get the job done get the win now we'll head home to take on the Atlanta Braves in a three-game set starting tomorrow after today's off day we'll dive into it all this is Phillies today I'm your host James Seltzer it is Thursday July the 25th a little Christmas in July action as we get to talk about a Phillies victory and the necessary off day today Phillies off Monday and Thursday getting a nice rest before the stretch run starts to get going here, or at least the beginning of the stretch run, the trade deadline exactly six days from today. We'll talk about that as well coming up. As yesterday, we began to, to dissect Matt Clintac's comments just a little bit. We'll dive into that more as well, as including another pitcher Phillies have been attached to. Yesterday, John Morosi, an interesting tweet. We'll dive into all that as well. But first, let's look back at this. Again, nice win yesterday. 4-0. The offense doesn't necessarily really get going, but a couple hits from Cesar. Reese a stand-up triple early on, and J.D. Romuto gets him on the board with a solo shot in the fifth inning and in the fourth inning, and then in the fifth inning, the Phillies would score the rest of their runs for the game. Nick Williams, a solo shot as well. Nick getting going a little bit there. Nice to see. And Cesar, an RBI double, and then a Reese Hoskins RBI single cap out the scoring, but they only needed one. As the pitching, yet again, a really outstanding showing across the board in in Detroit from this Phillies pitching staff. Yesterday, Nola gives him a strong seven, and then the bullpen goes eight shutout in an outstanding effort yesterday. Nick Pavetta, of course, excuse me, two days ago. Nick Pavetta, of course, the, the star of that bullpen showing goes three and two-thirds innings, a shutout baseball, five strikeouts. And then yesterday, the Phillies get a gem. Vincent Velasquez couldn't quite get to six. He goes five and two-thirds innings, but still good enough for the win. Only four hits, two walks allowed, nine strikeouts on the day for Vinny. The stuff was working, and it was awesome to see. Obviously, when Vinny's going right, which is so rare, feels like it never happens, but when he is, the stuff looks great. Ranger Suarez continues to pitch really well. Suarez gives him an inning and a third of clean, no-run action. Suarez's ERA down to 2-6-0 on the season, looking great. Adam Morgan comes in, gives him an inning. Morgan still able to go after only doing one out the night before, able to come in yesterday, gives him a clean inning, a couple walks, but able to get through it. And then Hector Neris comes in in the ninth. And Neris, uh, not a save situation, up 4 nothing, but pitch like it was, or maybe like it wasn't because he struggled in save situations lately. But Neris, really nice. Um, three straight strikeouts to end the game. A couple of them on called strikes. It looked like the, the, it was close. It was close, but we will take it. 
as ultimately, again, um, the Phillies pulled out four to nothing, outscoring the Detroit Tigers seven to two over the two game series. Again, the seven, not quite good enough. The offense, not good enough. Uh, Bryce Harper day off yesterday. So Harper with the off the first game, Bryce Harper has not appeared in by the way, all season as Harper has appeared in every single game this season prior to yesterday, gets the day off. No need for him to pinch hit or anything as they're up for nothing. So Harper, the day off, that means he has gotten Monday, yesterday, and today. Harper will get three days off this week alone. So hopefully Harper can come back and really bring it from that perspective. JT Romuto, after catching 15 innings the night before, played first base yesterday, did a solid job. But it really looked like Kapler wanted to get his guys some rest for this series coming home with the Braves. Bryce Harper, of course, gets some rest. Gene Segura resting that sore heel as Segura not in the lineup again yesterday. We've seen him pinch hit uh, over this little stretch that he's been sitting. Kingery at short again. But um, hoping that Segura is close to returning. It's at the point where um, you know you figure that they would have put him on the IL if there were any sort of real worry about long-term stuff at this point. So... Just rest in that heel. You hope that we can get Segura back soon, as he has made such a difference, obviously, for this lineup. Um, but ultimately, again, it wasn't pretty yesterday, but the Phillies do get it done. 4 nothing victory yesterday. Roman Quinn, another two hits. A nice series out there for Quinn as Quinn now got the batting average all the way up to 141. How about it, Roman? As um, Roman uh, did have a nice little infield hit. The speed is so impressive. And, and obviously the home runoff boy the night before, which I, I, clearly was massively important as winning the game in 15 innings. You needed every run you could get. But ultimately the Phillies not quite as um, didn't have quite as many struggles. Only struck out eight times as opposed to 16 the night before. Granted, in 15 innings, um, only left eight runners on base as opposed to 11. Again, granted, in 15 innings. But ultimately they do just enough to get the victory and to sweep the two-game series in Detroit. Imperative that they did it. Uh, you know, it was just so important. You can't, if you're a team like the Phillies and you're battling with five, six teams, and ultimately it looks like a few of those teams will fall by the wayside, I think by the time it's all said and done, the Phillies will be in it, the Nationals will be in it, the Brewers will be in it, the Cardinals will be in it, and I don't know if anyone else will be. We'll see. Um, but I think those four teams for two spots are absolutely going to be in it. And of course, there's a chance the Diamondbacks hang around. The Rockies are just fading away. The Giants have been playing great baseball, but it's so hard to believe they're going to stay in it too. Um, so I think ultimately, you know, this Phillies team, when they have opportunities to beat up on bad teams, and make no mistake, as we mentioned before, the Detroit Tigers are an incredibly bad baseball team. Phillies have to take advantage of those types of opportunities. You know, they can't lose, uh, you know, they can't lose two at home to the Marlins. They can't get swept by the Marlins. They can't have those types of outings anymore. It is it is uh, put up or shut up time. And this team is, uh, look, they've still got some tough teams on the schedule. And they're not as good as some of those other teams like the Braves or the Dodgers or even the Nationals. So when those games come up on the schedule, you know, you're, you're hoping they can win them, but at the the key is that they have to beat those other teams. They have to take two or three in Pittsburgh. They have to sweep a two-game series in Detroit. Those are the types of games they have to win. They absolutely have to win those games, and they were able to do it in Detroit again. Tuesday night's game was terrifying, and at multiple times it felt like it was going to slip out of their hands, but ultimately outlasting the Tigers in 15 and able to sweep the series 54-48 and 48 on the season. I see the Phillies 
after at certain points over this little run here being as, as low as one game above 500, starting to get back up there, padding that record now six games over 500. And again, a, a big, big weekend coming up off day today. And then the Atlanta Braves come to town. The Braves, of course, still in first place in the division. Um, and, and I think that really when you're looking at it, as I just kind of alluded to, we're really talking about the, um, the Phillies as a team that is competing for a wild card, not the NL East. It's almost a foregone conclusion that the NL East is over. But the funny thing is, of course, like if the, it, look, if the Phillies did find a way to sweep the Braves, and I don't know at this point why you would feel good about that happening, but if they did, all of a sudden we're talking about the NL East again. So it is a, a really massive series Starting tomorrow, Zach Eflin takes the L against Mike Soroka. Of course, Soroka having a great year as a 21-year-old rookie. Um, has been in Cy Young conversations at times, certainly in the Rookie of the Year conversation now. Uh, Arietta on Saturday against Kevin Gaussman. Uh, Gaussman has pitched a little better lately, but someone who is a former top, top, top prospect in Baltimore, sent to Atlanta, has had mixed success, never seems to be able to string a bunch of great starts together. We'll see. That's an interesting one. And then... On Sunday, Drew Smiley against Max Fried, a pair of lefties doing battle. Fried, a nice young, talented lefty, and of course, Smiley. We'll see if he can build on that awesome first start as a Philly. Um, but one other interesting thought, though, with the two off days this week, with Nola pitching on Tuesday, theoretically, if Kapler wanted to, he could move Aaron Nola up to Sunday to pitch on Normals Day's rest in a big series. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I, honestly, I'm surprised they didn't skip Eflin. With the way he struggled, with the the talk of the heavy body, this seemed like a perfect opportunity to 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 just skip Eflin in the rotation. Throw Arietta on Friday, throw Smiley on Saturday, which you know is certainly doable considering the last time Smiley pitched was Sunday, the last time Arietta pitched was Saturday. I mean, those are even one day past normal rest, and then bring Aaron Nolan back on Sunday. That that's what makes the most sense to me in a series that is of such importance. Again, look, I'm not saying the Phillies can or will catch the Braves. I don't think they will. But if they're going to have any chance at the division, it happens now. This division, this series is 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 massively important. And again, it's massively important just because they are also needing to win every game they can right now with the wild card the way it is with you know, 60-something games left to play. The season's starting to dwindle here. We're in the, the final third of the season here. So... Um, it's a, a spot here, 61 games left to play, 60 games left to play. We're right there, 60 games, I think, actually, right there left to play. Um, so, yeah, this is a big one. There's a big series coming up. We'll dive into it more tomorrow, of course, but um, I'm surprised that Noel is not going to come back and pitch on Sunday. We'll see. I, I'm not ready to say that isn't going to happen yet. We'll see Arietta maybe wants to give Arietta some more rest with the bone spurs, and they move Smiley up to Saturday. I could see that happening. But ultimately, just a, a crucial, crucial NLE series is going to be really interesting to see how the Phillies play this and also what they can do against the Braves team that, of course, has been much better this season but is coming into their house. And, of course, the Phillies have had some success against Atlanta in their house this season, the opening week's series, uh, opening season series, of course, where they swept them, obviously. Um, felt like a very different Phillies team then. But uh, massive series. Massive, massive series. Again, we'll dive into it more tomorrow, but really important series against the Braves. And after that, off day Monday, then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday against the San Francisco Giants, who have been the hottest team in all of baseball. As the Giants just keep winning games, they won like 16 to 19 or 17 to 20 or something crazy like that. And that series is also so especially important as well because the first two games of that series, the 30th and 31st of July, 
Yes, so during that series, the trade deadline will happen. Obviously, the Giants had had names that people thought were going to get traded. Now it looks like they might keep some guys. We don't know. But ultimately, what we do know is that the Phillies need to win games if they want Clintac to go out and make moves to, to supplement this team now. He made it clear. We're going to talk about his comments and, and kind of the guys and names out there in just a minute. But this is a massively important stretch here of five baseball games before the trade deadline. Three against the Braves, two against the Giants, and then, of course, the third against the Giants on August 1st. This is it. It's put up or shut up time for this Phillies team. If they want to try and convince Matt Klintak in the front office that this team is worth investing in it. And again, I, you know, we've talked a lot about what type of guys they might invest in and the idea of you know, whether someone who's only going to be here for a year, if that's worth it, all that. We, we all know where we stand on that, and we'll talk more about it coming up. But, but, these five games matter. They really matter. And of course they matter because they're the Braves and Giants, two teams that are, you're in theory competing, and certainly the Giants for the wild cards. So, massive series. After that, it's three against the White Sox at home, which you like, the White Sox. Not a good baseball team. Then they head out west, three in Arizona, four in San Francisco. So seven games against the Giants over the next couple weeks will be massive. As mentioned, the Giants right there in the wild card chase as they continue to win baseball games. Then home for the Cubs and three against the Cubs, three against the Padres. Um, those should be both relatively tough series. Then in Boston, then a nice stretch here. This is a stretch where they could gain some ground. They need to stay in it, obviously. But then three in Miami. Three at home versus Pittsburgh. Three at home versus the Mets. Four in Cincinnati. Three in New York versus the Mets. That's a heck of a stretch. It gets tough after that. I won't lie. The season doesn't end great. There's some, some tough stuff. They end with the Marlins, but prior to that, it's about two weeks of tough matchups. But prior to that, it's two weeks of cake matchups, or at least cake-ish matchups. And that's a spot where the Phillies hopefully can shine. And, and it all starts, you know, this series against Atlanta, the toughest one they'll have for a while. They need to take advantage and, and try and play their best baseball. It's, again, just a massive series all right coming up speaking of all the trade talk we've talked about we've kind of alluded to let's uh dive into what matt clintack had to say we discussed it a little bit yesterday but we'll get into clintack's words what they mean what it means to the phillies and some names the phillies have been attached to including one new name put out there yesterday someone who's a really talented pitcher a bit of a volatile guy but an incredibly talented pitcher we'll dive into that as well all that more coming up it's phillies today it's james seltzer we're coming right back. We are back, Phillies, today. James Seltzer. Let's uh, let's dive in. As uh, we discussed, coming up in a minute, I will tell you um, a new pitcher the Phillies have been attached to. The Phillies have been attached to a few names so far in the trade deadline. But back to yesterday. Oh, and one other note. Forgot to mention, Brad Miller was put on the IL yesterday with a flexor strain. Gabe Kapler talked about it, said not a big deal. They're not worried. They expect to be, to be back in the minimum amount of time, but um, certainly something to keep an eye on is that bench depth. Not good to begin with, and um, you know, losing a guy like Miller doesn't help. Uh, but Matt, to, back to Klentak. Klentak meeting with the media in the dugout prior to the first game of the Tigers series out there to scout Matt Boyd, to scout Shane Green, Nick Castellanos probably as well. Um, and Klentak had some interesting comments about the trade deadline. The, the gist of it, and, and this is a quote but if he says i think when you're seven and a half games behind in your division that's going to lend itself to a slightly different approach than when you're seven and a half games up in your division and he uses the example of the philadelphia phillies in 2007 as opposed to 2009 in 2009 they were way up in the division they went out they made trades for cliff lee for roy halliday for hunter pence they went for it all in in 07 they added guys like joe blanton 
and Tataguchi, so good, so Tataguchi, and um, so Taguchi, and um, of course, uh, Kyle Loesch, guys like that, where it was smaller moves, and these moves did help. You know, the Phillies made the playoffs that year. Of course, Blanton, a massive part of the next season, winning the World Series. But I think it was interesting that he referenced those years, and it did seem that with Clentac's, the the main gist of what Clentag was saying, first and foremost, was that, I think reading between the lines, was that this team has not proven that they are good enough for us to go all in on. I mean, that's what he's saying with if you're not seven and a half games up. If they were seven and a half games up, they'd be looking to make the big trades, trying to get the big boys in here. Now, I'm not saying they won't. I still am a big believer that I very rarely take a general manager or, for that matter, a president, what McPhail had to say last week. I very rarely take that stuff at face value when we're talking about the trade deadline, when we're talking to try, about trying to deceive other teams and, you know, trying playing games and all that. So, so I'm not taking it at face value. I still think there's certainly the chance that the right deal is there. The Phillies will try and trade for someone who is a, a legitimate name. But... I do think that Clentac's words gave me a bit of pause. And I think the, the key message is that the guys on the team need to play better. And then that's going to be the best opportunity for this team to, to grow and succeed. And look, I do think that ultimately this Phillies team is probably looking more to 2020 as a chance to really try and win the World Series. This team, we know, look, we've talked about it ad nauseum on this show, that they're, they're not really a, a bona fide World Series contender, but... Again, as I've said many times, I also think it is it is unwise for the Phillies to not do what they can to try and make the playoffs this year. And I know it's just a wild card. I know it's just a one-game type of situation. And McPhail poo-pooed that. And Klentak, in theory, has kind of poo-pooed that as well. But I just think that the experience that these guys get, the reps that they get, and I've mentioned it before, the the idea of not just the one game, and look, if you win that game, you get to play more, and who the hell knows what will happen, but not just that one game, but just the feel of, of a September that matters, and we thought we were going to get it last year, and we didn't. They collapsed in the worst of ways, and it was a disaster, but if this team can stay in it in September, that's valuable stuff for this franchise. Guys who haven't been in those types of situations, whether it's Reese Hoskins, whether it's Scott Kingery, whether it's JT Romuto. I mean, these guys have never been in those situations. Like, yeah, Bryce Harper has. He's made the playoffs before. But most of these guys haven't. And I think the opportunity to play meaningful games in September that are basically like playoff games. Your season's on the line. It's not quite the same intensity, but... There are games that feel that way, and, and certainly as the, the week last week of the season comes around and you're so many games out with so many players, so many games up with so many to play, some of those games will be playoff games for all intents and purposes. And I think that that type of experience is so incredibly important for a young team. And I think even more so, it's also something that is important for the franchise. This franchise hasn't made the playoffs since 2011. They have a fan base that is ready right now to be back in, and they have a chance to grab that fan base. And obviously that's not the most important thing, but it doesn't hurt. So uh, while I understand what Klintag is saying, and I myself have said it, look, I've said many times that I don't think that they should go all in this year. I think they should be very measured with their approach. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't try and make moves to make this team better because they have a chance this year and they need to make moves. And I do ultimately think they're going to make moves. The question is, is it moves like last year where they add an Estrubo Cabrera and a Wilson Ramos and obviously probably more pitching than hitting, but those types of guys? Or is it something where they go out and get 
legitimate pitchers, legitimate guys who can help. Um, and I, I think that obviously the theme that we've seen with every name up till now that they've been directly connected to, Matthew Boyd, Mike Miner, Marcus Stroman, Robbie Ray, Zach Greinke, all are guys who have more than one year left on their deal. Signed past this season, not rentals for the rest of this year. And I think that that is not, not a mistake or not a surprise. That makes sense. I think that's what the Phillies want to do. They want to add someone who can help them now and next season or beyond because they know that this season it's more of a flyer that they're actually going to be able to do something. But again, it does matter. Making the playoffs, getting those reps, getting that opportunity matters. And then you never know what can happen. So I do think that there is a chance the Phillies make a move for someone who has signed past the season. And especially when you look at all the names they've been tied to. And as I teased before, there was another one yesterday. John Morosi reports, Phillies and Indians have discussed a possible Trevor Bauer trade, sources say. And I mean, Trevor Bauer is would be amazing. I mean, he's the best pitcher of that group I mentioned right now. He's better than Miner. He's better than Ray. He's better than Greinke right now. And he's someone who signed through next season. Now, there are some downsides with Trevor Bauer. He's a bit of a volatile personality. He's not everyone's cup of tea. He can come off as a jerk at times. He can. He's had Twitter spats with people. He has a very um, defined outlook on the world that doesn't always jive with everybody. But boy, can he pitch. Boy, can that guy go out and take the ball every fifth day and give you something real. That guy can win you a, a wild card game. I mean, he's that type of pitcher. He's that type of dominant pitcher whose stuff will play in October. He has the best breaking stuff in baseball, potentially. Certain, certainly a couple of the best pitches in baseball. At least last season. Trevor Bauer is an absolute stud. And he signed through next year. Now... There is an interesting thing with Bauer where he has said that he is going to sign one-year contracts for the rest of his career. He's basically saying, I'm going to be a mercenary. I'm going to sign wherever I want each year. And it's a crazy thought, and it doesn't provide him stability. But, hey, we'll see. And look, that doesn't mean he's definitely going to do it just because he said it, right? But I think that just the fact that, and again, I, I really think right now it's like 50-50 as to whether the Phillies will make a significant move or whether they will make Band-Aid-type moves. You know, trade for Tanner Roark or someone like that who's a nice pitcher, certainly better than the options they've rolled out at times, but isn't going to change your season, isn't going to win you the World Series or, you know, win you a playoff game or a playoff series or whatever. Trevor Bauer could. I don't think he wins you the World Series. This team has too many holes, but he's someone who could, could you know, win you the wild card game if he had to start it. If you need Nola to get you in on, on the last day of the season, then Bauer could start that wild card game and he'd be as good as anyone you're facing. You know, provided what teams trade for, of course. He's better than anyone on the Brewers. He's better than anyone on the Cardinals. You know, these are the types of teams you'll be facing. He's not better than anyone on the Nationals, obviously. We all know that Max Scherzer is better than everyone. And Strasburg, pretty damn good too. But the point is, is that Bauer can go up against these teams, these guys, and, and give you a chance to win. Legitimately. And then, of course, in a playoff series, and then again next season. That's the idea. So... Um, I, I think it's interesting that the Phillies have really only been attached to guys who are signed past this season, which makes me think that there's a chance that they actually do make a move for someone like that. But I also think that it's certainly possible that they decide, hey, we're going to go get some Band-Aids. We're going to get a bullpen arm or two. We're not giving up much, and, and then next year we'll figure it out. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out over the next six days. And again, that's why these games are so important. That's why this Brave series and the first two games of that Giant series are so important 
because it helps to inform the decision the front office is going to make. All the evidence, all the stuff they can have before they make their decision is crucial. And that stuff can matter. So big series coming up this weekend. And of course, we will track all the trade stuff, keep you updated of everything. And um, tomorrow we will dive into this series with the Brave. Biggest series of the season, as we've said many times, but it continues to be so. So um, we'll dive into that tomorrow. We'll break down that series and, of course, keep our eye out and ear out for any more trade rumors and what's going on. But uh, I really am 50-50. I think they might trade for a, a big-time name or they might not. They'll make trades. I just don't know if they'll be significant trades. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. So until tomorrow, we will break down the Brave series then. So until then, thank you for listening to Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.